Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Welcome to another episode of Squared Away. And this week, Paul's got off, so you got me and the uh, the Midnight Voice radio uh, station here going, so... Um, today we're talking about mental toughness. It's uh, got to give some cred to uh, Jake. That's um, one that you suggested we talk about, and uh, yeah, I'll give you kind of my viewpoint and some of the theories that are out there. So there's so many books, so many articles, and theorists out there. So if you Google mental toughness, you're going to get a lot and a lot of different people, a lot of self-proclaimed experts uh, a lot of people that have gone through a lot and have practiced it in their life so I just want to say that there's a big difference between a theorist and a practitioner and I googled uh, quite a few folks that you know either wrote books have done articles or you know a lot of them have the same common theme but you know the main thing I I, I think through when uh, that happens is 
I'll look up that person that is uh, writing that article or wrote that book and look at, you know, some of the, the practices or the disciplines. And it's very easy. The first thing that you see is, is what? Is their physical appearance, right? And by physical appearance, I don't mean to sound uh, shallow, but um, physical appearance is the first impression that you give people, right? And we talked about last week that your physical condition or your amount of muscle is is your currency, you know, muscle related to as you get older because that's it's so important to uh, um, staying healthy. But your physical condition is your currency. It gives you or gives other people a lot of um, insight into your life. And it shows people that, wow, this person is one disciplined, right? When this person, yeah, spends time taking care of themselves and how does that spill over into their, you know, habits, right? They they have good habits. They obviously must have good eating habits. And there's a lot of, uh, Correlation between physical condition, physical health is how it relates to how it affects your mentality, how your intelligence, how your mind works, the blood flow to your brain. So, you know, that's something we can get really scientific on. I'm not going to get give you a science uh, book report on anything. I'm just going to tell you, I mean, um, from my experience that, you know, in early episodes that we've talked about here, you know, stuff that I've gone through, stuff that I've known people in the, the special operations community that have gone through and some of them have, you know, moved on and, and written books or give TED Talks on this, uh, on what they've gone through. So, and some of the material that I have is, you know, I'm going to take it based on what some of these uh, authors and articles I've written out there kind of glue it all together and then um, try to put it in some kind of a reasonable order that, hey, you can walk away from this podcast this week and say, hey, you know what, I'm either going to challenge myself to be mentally tough or here's something that I want to add to my toolbox um, to keep practicing my mental toughness. So, you know, the reality of mental toughness is it's not something you have. It's, it's something you do. And mental toughness is a skill or a set of skills, as I mentioned, you know, a toolbox. You know, us operators, the biggest thing we talk about is not just in the field, but in life is you have a toolbox of things that you can pull from. And mental toughness is is one of those tools that, you know, that can be developed. So anybody can do it at any age. Um, Think about physical strength, right? Physical strength or building muscle. It requires it re- requires resistance, so you have to move heavy objects, right? Your muscle gets that resistance in weight training, and mental muscle is the same way. It's it's developed by overcoming that resistance, right? Obstacles and challenges, adversity in your life that you know you're able to overcome, and as a result of that, you know it it calluses your mind and takes you to the next level. You know, calluses obviously what makes you tougher, right? And and the one phrase I want you and I'll mention it a few times today is, and this goes, you know, I'm, I always harp on the inner circle, and one of the phrases I tell people is, you know what, you truly do not know somebody, so you truly do not know a person 
until they don't get what they want, right? You can easily see that in kids and toddlers. But I'm telling you, in adults, sometimes there's not much of a difference in how they react. But you truly do not know somebody until they do not get what they want. And, you know, let's let's roll into this uh, outline of, of mental toughness. Um, I know, Jake, uh, you want to hear about mental toughness, how it applies in coaching, right, in parenting, teachers, you know, teammates or mentors, right, and and even relatives, you know, how they contribute to mental toughness of whether it's a child or, you know, we can expand this to adults. And there is probably the, when I, when I look at everything on the internet, sometimes I shake my head and the most common thing that Google compiles is that, Hey, anyone can build mental toughness, exclamation mark. You know, it sounds like a, one of these idiot books that, you know, anybody can do it. Yeah. Anybody can cook. Right. So yeah, sure. Anyone can build mental toughness, but it's, you know, it's not a 72 hour class and you get a certificate and boom, you're done. Um, I'd probably have to agree with the number two is, yeah, you have to embrace discomfort and learn to practice delayed gratification. That's probably number two on the internet. Uh, number three is establish clear goals and develop action plans, which, which I agree. Goal setting is very important in building mental toughness. And uh, four, I agree, is, is cultivate gratitude, appreciate the present moment, which, you know, we always talk about the attitude of gratitude is all part of being squared away. And then, you know, five is practice mindfulness and meditation, which, yeah, it's, it's pretty generalized. We've talked about that a lot um, in the area of mental toughness. You know, I can talk about um, if you look at uh, Dr. Huberman, I know we mentioned Huber, Andrew Huberman a lot in our, our podcast, and he's yeah he has a very lot of legitimate studies, very lot that's that's horrible horrible grammar, but he has a lot of uh, studies where he talks about you know the um, I call it hyperventilation, but I think he's got the twenty five breath exercise to basically get yourself into mental toughness because it elicits um, a lot of adrenaline you know, the chemicals in your body when you do that, that helps, helps your body get into that mode of, you know, being mentally tough. That's, that's one in, you know, a tool that you can try, you know, and that spills over. I mean, the Navy SEALs, you know, have the box breathing technique. Um, there's also other breathing techniques to basically calm you down in a period of duress. So, you know, that's the practice mindfulness and meditation in relations to mental toughness. And then, you know, internet has all this, you know, the, the world's thought of, oh, be positive, right? Challenge negative thoughts and replace them with positive ones. So, you know, just think positively. But, but how do you do that, right? What I don't see on the internet is, you know, being mentally tough is mind over emotion, you know, I always tell people is it's it's like a it's a balance. You need emotion, but you cannot have more emotion that overcomes your mind, overcomes your mindset. Because mental toughness is a mindset. So there's no there's no physical and there's no financial, you know, portion 
of mental toughness. You have to get into that mindset. And guess what? Physically, financially, that's all a result of becoming mentally tough, whether it's positive or negative. So if you don't become mentally tough, it's kind of hard to, you know, make it through workouts, right? It's kind of hard to be diligent and intelligent with your money. So, so what happens after you decide to become mentally tough yourself? Because the thing in common that, you know, I want to press today, because I think, uh, you know, when the question was asked, it's like, well, what do co- how do coaches push kids? You know, how do parents push their kids to become mentally tough? How do teachers push their classroom to be mentally tough? How do other teammates, you know, push them? And how do, how do your relatives, you know, help kids? And especially in these, like, you know, fatherless homes or even motherless homes or parentless homes where the relatives, the grandparents, or the cousins, the uncles, the aunts have to step in, you know, how do they foster that? And guess what? I tell you the very the most important lesson that can be taught in mental toughness is what is to become a role model. Right? And I know a lot of people do not want to hear that. But guess what? What is the most formable thing as as child? What is the most impressionable thing to a child as they get older? What do they do? They they look up to what? They look up to movie stars. They look up to superheroes, right? When you buy toys, toys are always a a replica of a superhero, whether it's Superman, whether it's Batman, right? Because kids pretend they're that mentally tough hero, right? Even adults, when we go to movies, we go to movies, what do we do? We appreciate the hero. We always try to put ourselves into that role of the hero in the movie, and when kids daydream that's what they think about is is like yeah they want to think that they're the hero that they come in and save and and you know whether it's save the gal or save the family or you know that's that positive attention that they want to you know come back to and the biggest thing is yeah I want to tell you is from all those examples it's you need to be the role model and we talk about it all the time in this podcast is, you know, to be that role model, you really have to get yourself squared away first. And with mental toughness and teaching mental toughness, coaching in sports mental toughness is, guess what? You have to find the way to do it yourself so that you can gain that respect. And, and um, you know, mental toughness can be developed throughout all ages all ages should be consistently practiced, which means that it has to become the lifestyle of somebody. And it's a difference when I, when I talk about sports, because, you know, I've been involved in sports. Um, and I know some of you that are listening are, are probably coaching, you know, it's football season right now. You just got done with, you know, baseball season, if you're coaching baseball and it's also soccer season, but you know what, the importance of mental training is the difference between that elite athlete versus the non-elite athlete. And I think we all know that. It's common sense. And, you know, just by implementing mental training programs of youth sports, yeah, you know what, it helps the child prepare for adversity, but the biggest impact is done by being that role model because that's where they listen to you. And, you know, the biggest example I can say is, 
you know, I've, I've been in the coaching ranks. I've talked and complained about it because it's just sometimes it's too much of the the good old boys. And when I talk about the good old boys, it's, you know, I have to sit there and listen to other coaches. The reason they're coaching is because they're reliving their high school years. And I have, you know, other friends that are coaches and the difference is that is they're coaching to make a difference in the kids. And the reason I know that because uh, these other coaches are going to tell me, well, yeah, I'm doing it to make a difference in the kids. I'm like, no, you can really see you're doing it for yourself. And the difference I see with the people that I really respect as coaches is that these coaches that I respect, it's part of their lifestyle. That mental toughness that they tell the kids, it's part of their lifestyle. And the difference that I see in the methods of coaching is that the ones that aren't trying to relive their high school years are not these sad sacks that are going out there and screaming at the kids and telling them to be mentally tough when they're walking around. And the first example you see is what I was telling you about when I, when I look online and look at these authors is, and I deal with that right now. I got a couple of coaches that are hotheads and they just micromanage everything. And when they come to practice, they're not really concerned about talking about the positivity of how they can build on some kids' talents. All they're doing is screaming at the kids because they don't have anything else. They scream louder when they have less to be to show as a role model. And what do I say that is, yeah, they're completely out of shape. They talk about, you know, 20 years ago when they used to, you know, oh, yeah, I used to power lift 20 years ago. I used to bench 405. Oh, yeah? Well, right now, it looks like you can't even bench 45 pounds. So be an example. And guess what? You don't have to scream as loud because you get the kids' attention when they see is like, wow, you know what? My coach spends that time. My coach spends that discipline, you know, That's and watches what, you know, he or she does. And this is their lifestyle and there's something attractive about that that makes me want to emulate that so as far as coaches that's probably the number one thing that you can do that goes beyond coaching philosophies because if you know what you you'll find 50 books on coaching philosophies and you know values and leadership styles purposes and you know accountability but does this build the mental toughness that you want from your players? You know, so ultimately, and I, there are some coaching books out there that really pound on this too. It says, practice what you preach. So, and I'll take an excerpt from uh, a few of them that basically it's, it's summed up as, it is important for coaches to exemplify the desired behaviors for athletes to optimally develop mental toughness right? Let me read that again. It is important for coaches to exemplify the desired behaviors for athletes to optimally develop mental toughness. So take that and apply that to whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, you're a relative, and let's fill that word. It's important for teachers to exemplify desired behaviors for students to optimally develop mental toughness. Do it again. It is important for parents to exemplify the desired behaviors for athlete, for kids 
their kids to optimally develop mental toughness. Right? Fill in the blank. So, you know, coaches and teachers and parents can work on their own mental toughness. It's it's a lifestyle, you know. And, you know, you can go back to incorporate the breathing into your routine. You know, you have YouTube. You have podcasts, whether it's this podcast or not. You know, but you got to get yourself squared away. It goes back to being on a plane when they talk about, you know, and the oxygen mask going to drop out of the ceiling. But make sure that, you know, you have yours fitted and the oxygen is flowing freely before you help somebody else. Right? So, let's roll to the next one. Teammates and mentors, right? First and foremost is what? We're going to, you know, pound this into your head. Be the example. Be the role model. You know, it's going back to what we talked about with movie stars. You know, be the example. Be the role model. You know, and the next thing with teammates is challenge each other. And goes back to the inner circle. So, whether... You're a child. I mean, I have an 11-year-old, and I really pound on into his brain every day because you're planting seeds. You know, when you're a coach, when you're a parent, when you're a teacher, you're planting seeds in these young lives because a lot of times they're distracted by other things, you know, especially active boys. Boys want to play. They want to be active, and they, it may not seem like they're getting what you're telling them over and over and over again. There's some days that, yeah, I feel like I've been telling my 11-year-old something thousands of times. And one of those things is, you know, be really careful about selecting the people that you surround yourself with all the time. And use your critical thinking to evaluate the people that are around you. It's not meaning being judgmental. It just means that, hey, you have a set of values that hopefully have taught you to cherish you have a set of values that are going to carry you through life that are going to give you the most benefits now make sure that the people around you are holding of those values are going to help you stay within those values it it goes back biblically right bad company corrupts moral character and your moral character and you as a person your values i mean that is your backbone that is your spine. That's what's going to hold you up. So that's what I have for, you know, teammates and mentors. You know, next you have the teachers. And the teachers, please, you know, be an example. And, you know, it's a, yeah, I understand it's a tough job because you're, especially nowadays where you're handling everyone else's child and every parent is blaming you the teacher if that child is not behaving the way they think they should I think a lot of parents are offloading responsibilities to teachers to raise their kids instead of them nutting up and taking the responsibility for their own kids but teachers so important it starts off you are the role model you You are the person that for that year, for that class, you have the largest series of hours. You have more hours than the parents do. So you have more influence than the parents do for that school year. And I've seen great, awesome teachers 
be awesome role models and mentors to a lot of kids that, you know what, whether they're in single parent homes or their parents are gone or parents are non-existent, I've seen them be great role models that not just impact them for the year that they're in the classroom, but also after they've moved on. You know, there's a couple of teachers that I got in touch with years later. I was in my 40s. And then I looked back and I realized what an impact that they had on my life as a role model, as somebody that reached out and asked, you know, wanted to know what was going on because I was a messed up kid. And in my 40s, I recall that, and for a couple of them, I had basically sent them, I think one was through uh, LinkedIn, sent them a message, just thanking them for that influence that they had in my life at that time. And another one was, uh, I think it was through Facebook, I sent a message, just said, hey, you know what, you are a great role model, and you've really taught me to help keep pushing through when things are tough or when, you know, things don't go my way. So teachers, you have a, a big responsibility. You have a lot of time with, you know, other people's kids, but you need to think about being a role model and there's no excuse because yeah, I, I'm at a big gym where I see a lot of teachers in their off time I mean, you know, teachers, you don't have to worry about international calls. Yeah, granted, you have to correct papers, but guess what? You have a lot more holidays. You have a lot of vacation. So instead of taking that time trying to feed your dopamine, use that time to shore up your position as a role model to kids. You know, I see teachers at the gym. And then I see them in my child's school. And those are the ones that, yeah, you know, my, my son looks up to as, yeah, they're, they're great examples. And they make a difference in his life. Then I see the ones that are just, guess what? Kids are, kids are the worst critics. Kids are awfully honest. And if you're a terrible role model and you're out of shape, and you're just out there, and you're not mentally tough yourself, hey, don't expect that your kids are going to be that way. Because guess what? These are the teachers, just like the coaches, that have to compensate for the lack of being a positive role model by just yelling at the kids. And then the next one is parents, man. Parents, this is the one that I get you know pissed off the most about because, you know, when I coach kids, a, a lot, I would say a lot. I'd say a majority of the team, I can tell where there is just no parental role model. There is just no discipline structure at the home. And the, the lifestyle that they live, the foundation is so shaky. Talk about building a house on a rock or building a house on sand. And parents, if you do not have a strong foundation at home, if you don't have a solid structure at home, whether you're a single parent, whether you're married, if you don't have that structure at home, guess what? That foundation, not just for the home, but for that child is so shaky and unstable that when they get out in public, when they get in their classroom, 
they are an unstable child. And what I've really noticed in coaching, especially being sensitive to the emotional IQ, where, again, we talk about, okay, it's that scale of where, you know, mind and emotions. is Are the emotions overtaking the mind? And guess what? The kids... Emotional IQ generally reflects the parent's emotional IQ. And you can really tell that. And again, here's that phrase that I said in the beginning is people show their true colors when they don't get their way, right? So when they don't get their way, what happens? You have a 10, 11, 12, 15, 18, 20, 40, 50, 60, 75-year-old that acts like a toddler when they don't get their way. You know, granted, they don't have to, like, you know, jump up in the air, stamp their feet, and, you know, cry and scream. But I've seen adults in their 40s do that. Or what the, the greatest adult thing, they don't get their way. What happens? They start getting snide and, you know, well, I don't need that anyway. Or they start, you know, getting all chippy about it. Instead of the old, what, Jocko uh, response is, good. Lost, good. There's a lot of lessons you can learn from losing, right? So, parents, parents, be the example. Be the role model. Guess what? If you want your children to be mentally tough, if you want your children to go through adversity, you may have gone through, I mean, I, I went through child abuse. I went through losing, you know, my parents. I went through... You know, probably not the best childhood. I had to grow up quickly. But you know what? It's not an excuse to lose. It's not an excuse to be uncontrolled. There is no excuse. At some point, you do a fight or flight and say, yeah, I need to find an excuse to win. So the biggest responsibility between coaches, teammates, teachers, relatives, being the parent means you need to be the role model. So if you want your child to be emotionally intelligent, then you need to be emotionally intelligent. And how do you do that? You know, go back in some of our podcasts. You know, you need to get squared away if you want your kids to be squared away. If you don't want your child to be a spoiled brat, well then guess what? You got to stop acting like a spoiled brat yourself. And be the example and being the role model also means physically. Because guess what? Physically is probably the easiest to, to become disciplined at. It means, you know what? You got to stop emotionally eating. <laughs> it means you got to stop filling your face with shit food. And on top of that, stop giving your kids shit food. Okay? It doesn't take a lot to get on the internet now and do a little bit of research. And say, oh, geez, you know, even like food coloring in relations to kids behaviors you know there's some truth to that just stop giving your kids processed foods even if you think it's well it's more convenient or i don't have time well if you don't have time now to be disciplined then you're going to spend more time later trying to be reactive when your kids out of fucking control if you don't have time to take care of yourself and Treat yourself, train yourself to be a role model. Guess what? You're going to be picking up the pieces later on in life. Looking back in your life, looking back and saying, oh, I used to be like this. 
and then let it be an excuse to why you're a lazy piece of shit. You're getting ill. You're getting anxiety. You're getting depressed. And there's certain depressions that, yeah, that need to be treated, but a lot of it is self-inflicted. So parents, so for this podcast, out of all these categories, the parents is the biggest thing. Parents, number one, nut up, sack up, be the example, be the role model. If it takes you to restructure your cupboards, put the right foods in there, and don't give me no fucking excuses, get on the internet And you can look up some of the stuff. We have some podcasts, too, that talk about it. Or look up some of these, you know, very, you know, good dietitians and nutritionists online. And restructure the way that you eat. Get a gym membership. You don't, if you don't get a gym membership, start doing stuff at home. If it's not a distraction for you and you're able to discipline yourself to do it at home, then exercise. You know, put on some muscle. Put on some muscle currency because as you get older, you're going to need that so that you're healthy for your kids. If you're not going to do it for you, do it for your kids. And then next, set up that discipline structure at home so that you can be successful and that your child can be successful or your children can be successful. You know, model the lifestyle that you want instead of watching it in a movie screen. Okay. Stop wishing to have a certain lifestyle and model that lifestyle. And that's going to become not just your foundation, but it's going to become a stable foundation for your children. When they go out in public, when they go to schools and then when they hang out with their friends or choose the friends that they have, which becomes whether you can trust them or not. Okay, a lot of that depends on you. Sorry for harping on your parents, but sorry, but it's a big responsibility and you can't blame teachers. So stop making excuses, right? Find an excuse to win. So what happens once you, you know, you have a child that goes off to college? You know, how can they, you know, have that mental toughness? And they're going to, they need to constantly challenge themselves, not just in the college work, but you know what? If you've established a good habit of them physically taking care of themselves, it's going to carry over into college. And it's very important for them because it's a very, it's a positive outlet, not just physically, but mentally. And if you haven't established that, yeah, it's tough, but you're going to have to be the role model. You know, if you're starting out late, then guess what? You start a challenge where you challenge yourself and then do it with your college age child. Say, hey, let's do a 75 hard or something together. And then, you know, we'll check up on each other daily or on the weekends. Or now there's so many apps where you can collaborate together. But for your college age child, or if you're in college, listen to this, make sure that you have a very solid inner circle of friends and also have mentors because sometimes there's what's called the uh, law of the lid. You know what? Your, your father or your mother, you know, they may have a cap on, you know, how much uh, you want to move up in life, right? 
you know, for some people, you know, climbing a mountain, climbing a mountain 5,000 feet, you know, and they stop and that's, you know, that's their lid. They, they enjoy that. Some people it's 10,000, some it's 15, 20, 25, 30,000 feet up in the air, right? So make sure that your mentors have a higher lid than you. And a lot of times maybe they're higher than your, uh, your parents, and those mentors are the ones that can lift you up. Make sure they're part of your inner circle. Make sure your friends in your inner circles are solid. And those are going to keep you in that positive, positive, you know, lifestyle. And then set up your structure at college. Because, yeah, it can get really chaotic. But set up, you know, your structure. Like your parents, if they set up a discipline structure at home, set up a discipline structure at college. You know, with your meals, how you eat where you go, the people you hang out with, what do you do on a Friday, Thursday, you know, Saturday nights. And then as a college student, be a role model. Find a place to serve. A lot of college athletes serve, whether it's the community, whether it's certain um, um, entities, 501c3s. There's so many things, you know, and then next stage is, you know, becoming an adult, right? Becoming an adult incorporates all these things, you know, it's eventually being a parent. It's getting out of college and setting up a structure of your own home. Now it's exciting because guess what? You're independent, you're by yourself or whether you're, you know, or you're getting married, you know, young, but you have to make sure that you're always focused on self-improvement because it's an everyday journey. And Make sure that you're accountable to a solid group in your inner circle. You know, again, it's about your mentors. Even as an adult, it's always great to have mentors, whether it's in business or whether it's in your spiritual life, or whether it's just in, in your everyday mentors, you know, people that you really respect and see that they're just a, a positive role model for you, you know, um, and then as an adult, be a role model yourself, right? The best way to learn is to be a teacher, right? And being a teacher, I don't mean by being a teacher in the school. Just be a solid uh, teacher when you go out in the community, serve somebody. Or go out and mentor, you know, mentor a homeless guy. You know, that's just, you know, examples that I never thought that I would do. But ended up doing is like, wow, you know what? It's not just me helping out someone else, but I'm teaching and and honing and, you know, it's like being on a potter's wheel, right? You're always getting work done. So that's what I have on mental toughness. Um, you know, this is a subject that, yeah, you can talk on and on and on and on about. But now let's go back to that statement. I mean, you truly do not know a person until they don't get what they want. You know, now it's time to get in front of a mirror and saying, okay, what am I like when I don't get what I want? Do I throw a tantrum? Am I like depressed for weeks when I don't get what I want? Or do you just, hey, you move on. Or you need to work harder to get what you want. And ultimately it's, what are you doing to be a role model to the people around you? What kind of example are you setting for other people? 
and there's a, you know, there's one test online where I think somebody is pushing out a 500 push-up challenge and saying, you know, do you want to, you know, see if you're mentally tough, you know, do 500 push-ups. And I understand there's some people that aren't even physically able to do 500 push-ups. You know, I always tell people that there's, you know, can you just do 200 push-ups? Why don't you just do, you know, 50? Why don't you do 100 pull-ups? Why don't you do, you know, 100, 200, 300 air squats? Or do 100 body weight lunges? And why do I say that? It's because there's a big difference. Big difference between that and ego lifting, right? An ego lift is, you know, guys get together and they always have to brag about who's got the biggest, you know, bench press, who's got the biggest deadlift, who's got the biggest, you know, squat. That doesn't prove shit. It has nothing to do with mental toughness to do those exercises. Mental toughness is, hey, can you do something like that 200 push-ups? Or if you're already in shape, can you do 500 push-ups if somebody asks you to do that? Can you do 50 pull-ups? Can you do 100 pull-ups? Can you do those air squats? Can you do those body lunges? Why? Because on those body weight exercises, it's nothing. It's 100% pure upside. So there's nothing but positive. There is no negative risk to it. And why do I say that? So what what happens if you're a child is on a you know 30-foot drop off a wall and you happen to just snag that child before it falls off and you're holding on to that child? Guess what? Until help gets there, it might be one or two seconds longer that you need to hold that child before you lose that grip or lose that strength and drop them. And what helps you is to be strong. Is 200 push-ups going to help you? Definitely. Is pull-ups going to help you? Definitely. Air squats? Definitely. So this is the challenge. So if you get off this podcast, are you going to get down and do 200 push-ups? If you say no, guess what? That's your mental toughness right there. That, if you say no, you're weak. You're a coward. If you say, oh, I can't do that, yeah, you're a coward. If you lie to yourself or lie to me or anybody else and say, hey, I did that 200 push-up challenge and you didn't do it, yeah, you're weak. You're also a coward and you're all talk, no action. You're one of these people that your appearance, your impression to other people is, hey, yeah, Johnny's all talk, no action. These are the guys that, yeah, they talk a lot and never do anything. If you start, then you get to 110, 120, 130, 140, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm worn out. That's good enough. Guess what? You're weak. You're that, you know, good enough person. Uh, well, I did a few, and that's that's just good enough. You know what? And then you're one of those that you leave the impression to other people that you're, you're big talk but you have a lack of performance. One of those that gets things started and just can't finish them. But if you're one of the few, if you're one of the 1%, possibly even some days, maybe 3% people, but I'm guessing, look at the world today, probably 1%. If you say, okay, and just get down and do it, boom, then you are one of the few mentally strong. 
So I hate to use something physical like that, but like, again, we talked about physical is the easiest gauge. Physical is the easiest to perform. Your physical condition is your immediate impression. And that's what we talked about last week. It's your currency. So the muscle in your body, yeah, it's your currency. So that's about an hour, I think. You know, Paul's usually better at keeping track of that time. But, you know, bottom line is, yeah, you know, when you go to the Internet, yeah, anyone can build mental toughness. And it all starts looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself. And whether you're a coach, a teacher, your teammate, your parent, or a relative, guess what? The most impressionable thing that you can do is to be that role model, is to push yourself, is to have that mental toughness. That is the best thing that you can do to be impressionable, especially upon young people. Okay? When you walk into a room, do you display that mental toughness? Are people going to look at you and say, oh, that person, they must be really disciplined. They must have some mental fortitude to be who they are. Can you walk into a room and not have to say a word and people are able to figure out that you are mentally strong? Because if you're not, you might want to start there. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to my uh, rant. And uh, next week, Paul will be back. And yeah, try to practice this. Or as soon as uh, you, you get off this podcast, 200 push ups or head to that bar. And I'm not talking about the bar where you drink, I'm talking about the uh, pull up bar and give yourself 50 or even 100 pull ups. Or put a backpack on and do some air squats or just, you don't need a backpack. Just, you know, shoot out two to 300, let's say 300 air squats. And then get yourself on an everyday regiment. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.